Welcome to the God is Able radio broadcast, a ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Austin Frady. Now join us as we open in prayer and in song and in God's word with a message entitled, Why Us, Lord? Our Father, we come to you this morning by way of the radio, thankful for the opportunity that you've given us, God, to minister in this capacity. Lord, I pray that you touch each listener today, God, by way of the radio. I pray for every heart and every need. God, I pray for every saint, God, that's in need of encouragement. I pray for every sinner, God, that's listening today. God, may their heart be convicted by your spirit, drawn unto you, God, by your word. And God, may they believe upon you in this hour before it's eternally too late. God, I ask you to take this radio program, use it for your glory. We ask in Jesus name. Amen. You may try ground where once were oceans, where once were mountains. You made them number six the Bible says and the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years and the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel and because of the Midianites the children of Israel made them dens 
which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown and the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped about them and destroyed the increase of the earth till, till they came unto Gaza and left no substance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor ass. And they came up with their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude, for both they and their camels were without number, and they were entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I have brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage, and I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord and said unto the oak which, which was at Orpah and pertained to Joash of Abazrite, his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all these miracles which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? And now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent the... We find in Judges chapter 6 a very familiar thought in the Word of God, very familiar place for you. No doubt most of you have heard about this man by the name of Gideon. And you find in the first few verses of Judges chapter 6, you find the Bible speaks of the children of Israel. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. And it's amazing to me that this is a theme throughout the Old Testament, how God had blessed the people and God chose the people. God gave those people promises time and time again. And God, my friend, come through on the promises. And God, my friend, give them everything that they needed. But still yet, when they didn't, when they got to a place in their life when they didn't have a good leader standing before them or when things got hard in their life it seemed as though they began to pull away from God and the Bible says they did evil in the sight of the Lord you'll find at the end of chapter Judges chapter 5 that one of the judges that they had been given by the name of Deborah and Barak you'll find that they had died and because they died they didn't have a leader before them and they began to stray from the Lord friend it's amazing to me how this sheep when they don't have a shepherd guiding them and somebody leading the way before them it's amazing how quickly they will stray and how quickly they will begin to wander and I began to think about us as people how when we don't have somebody leading us and guiding us how quickly we begin to stray and how quickly we begin to go about our own way and we try to do as the Bible said to establish our own ways and our own goings and we find ourselves in the very same shape that these Israelites found themselves in in Judges chapter 6 and they was doing evil in the sight of the Lord and we find that God began to remove his hand of blessing from this people and they find themselves not living in the blessing that God had promised them but they found themselves in the first few verses there they found themselves living in a time of oppression they 
found themselves living in a time of depression. And they found that they was oppressed and they was depressed because they had recessed from the Lord. They found themselves in verse 2. The Bible says they prevailed against Israel because the Midianites and the children of Israel made dens and are in the mountains and caves and in the strongholds. They was not able to live in the place that God intended them to live. They had to carry their self up on the mountaintop and hide their self in a cave and make a stronghold before them. And when they went out into the field and they began to plant their fields and began to plant their crops, the Midianites and the Amorites would come in and begin to destroy their crop and would take everything that they had. And the Bible speaks of their camels coming in. They couldn't graze their cattle. They couldn't graze their sheep. They couldn't enjoy the blessings of God because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Can I say to you this morning that the oppression and the depression that we face in our lives many times is because of our own self recessing from the Lord and drawing away from God and doing the exact opposite of what we should do. Friend, when we get in a place in our life that we see and we realize that we ain't where we ought to be instead of drawing away from God. I don't understand this, but we draw away from God when we realize that. When in reality we should draw near to God. Friend, if you're here this morning and you realize there's something in your life that's not where it ought to be, can I encourage you this morning don't draw away from the Lord but can I encourage you to make a step toward Him you may not know how to get there which way to go but can I say if you'll take a step toward Him that He'll show you the way the Bible says to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding and the next verse goes on to say and He shall direct thy paths friend I'm glad this morning that we've got a leader and we've got a God that will direct our paths and will help us along the way Friend, we're not, God did not intend us as His people and as a chosen people to live oppressed and depressed all of our lives. But God intended us, friend, to live in His favor. And God intended us to live, friend, with peace and joy in our heart and being satisfied in knowing that we've got the King of all glory on our side. We're living in a day when we see sin abounding on every hand. But can I say to you this morning that God is still God and great will much more abound. Friend, I'm glad this morning to report to you that God is not diminished. That God is not oppressed. That God is not depressed. That God is not recessed. But I'm glad to report to you this morning that God is very much alive and well. I'm glad that He is an omnipotent God and a sovereign God. I'm glad He is the beginning and He is the end. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. And He's everything in between. I'm glad this morning that God's just as much alive today as he was in Genesis 1-1 when he stepped out on nothing and created absolutely everything. I'm glad that God's just as much God today as he was 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary when he gave his only begotten son to suffer, bleed, and die for you and me. And I'm glad this morning that Jesus died on that old cross. But friend, they took him off of that cross, put him in a borrowed tomb. But I'm glad that's not the end of the story. I'm glad in three glorious days when the stone was rolled away Jesus was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Peter preached and said that it was not possible that death should have laid hold upon him. It was not possible, friend, for him to have stayed in that grave because the power of God was stronger than the holes of sin. The power of God was stronger than the holes of hell. I'm glad this morning Satan may have a hold on your life. Sin may have a hold on your life. But I'm glad to report to you 
you that there's a power greater than that power. There's a power greater than your sin. There's a power greater than your oppression. There's a power greater than your depression. There's a power, friend, greater than what Satan's telling you has got a hold of you. I'm glad to report to you it is the power of God. It's a power like none other. It's a power that'll make a dead Baptist shout. It's a power that'll make a choir begin to sing like angels. It's a power, friend, that can take a life that's upside down, change it, revitalize, and renew it. Make a new creature in Christ Jesus. It's a power, friend, this morning that can take somebody who's nothing and make somebody out of them. It's a power that can take a young and others far out in this world and begin to rearrange their life and draw them to the foot of Calvary. It's a power this morning that can take somebody, a friend who's never fought nothing to Christ, and lead them to the foot of Calvary. And before you know it, they're looking up saying, truly this was the Son of God. Friend, I'm glad this morning that there is a power greater than the holes in our life. I'm glad Jesus, friend, is the answer for our problems. And Jesus is the answer for our oppression and depression. You find that these Israelites found themselves in a place. And you get on down here and you'll find this man by the name of Gideon in verses 11 and verse 12. You'll find the Bible says that he was down in the wine press threshing the wheat. And he was in that place because he didn't want the Midianites to see him. He got down in a low place. He got down rather in a pit. And he began to thresh that wheat. He was in that place, friend, hiding himself. Friend, a lot of times we get to that place in our Christian life where we hide ourselves from everybody else. Honey, because we don't believe that God can. Friend, Gideon was in that place. But not because he was trusting in God. He was in that place because he's it his way. He was down there friend, hiding himself. That's what you call working in the power of your flesh. That's what you call doing things your way. That's what you call going in your own path. Friend, he was down in that pit and he was threshing that wheat. Honey, listen, if he'd have had faith in God at that point in time, I believe he'd have been on the mountaintop saying, I believe God. After I believe if the Midianites come, if they bring their strongest soldier, I believe God will provide for us. And I I believe God will deliver us. I believe the God of heaven will help me in this time and in this hour. But rather yet he was down in the pit. He was ashamed who he was. Ashamed of what he was doing. A friend, he got down there in that pit. But something began to happen to him. There was somebody came by his way. I don't know about you, but every time I say that, hey, something on the inside of me begins to swell up. Because I remember when somebody came by my way. It wasn't the President of the United States. It wasn't the governor of North Carolina. It wasn't the greatest football star there's ever been. Honey, it was he, the Holy Ghost. And he came by my way. Honey, that was a visit like I had never had. Our friend, the preachers had preached, and it just fell off of me like water on a duck's back. But when the Holy Ghost pricked my heart, honey, it was something hit home inside of my soul. I felt like a ton of bricks loading my wagon. Hey, I'm glad that the Holy Ghost came to where I was. 
And the Bible says in verse 12, the angel Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Friend, ain't it amazing that God can take us at our lowest estate and come to where we are and begin to tell us something and we don't know any have any idea what God is fixing to do with our lives. It's untelling this morning out of all the people that's in this building what God would do with each life if we would render and, and give ourselves wholly and solely unto He the Holy Ghost. It's untelling what God would do in a school. It's untelling what God would do in a workplace. It's untelling what God would do in a church. How if we would just realize that we've got everything we need to serve God. It don't matter what's going on on the other side. It don't matter what's going on on this side. It don't matter what what they say on CNN or NBC. It matters what God's Word says. And we believe that it is true. Friend, I'm glad that angel came to Gideon. And he said, Thou mighty man of valor. Gideon, now listen, get this. I'm going to stop right here until you get this. Gideon is down in this hole, threshing this wheat so nobody sees him. Yet the angel says, Thou mighty man of valor. That don't look very valorous to me. It don't look like a mighty man hiding down in a hole. But the angel Lord tells him who he can be. I wonder who you could be this morning. I wonder who you could be if you'd give up that thing in your life that's keeping you from serving God. I mean, we've all got them, we've all had them. But I wonder this morning what it is keeping you from serving God. And the Bible says in Gideon said unto him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? All that was just the introduction. I want to preach to you for just a few minutes on the thought. Why us? Why us? Have you ever asked that question? I venture to say everybody in this building at one time or another. You ask that question, why us? Gideon has just been told by the angel of the Lord, not just anybody, but the Bible says, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon goes on, and he don't look at what God said he could be, but he goes on and he says, why then is all this befallen us? Bitterness in his spirit. Why us? I wonder this morning, no doubt we've all questioned, why is our nation in a mess? Why is our lives in a mess? Why are our families in a mess? We've all questioned, why is this thing going the way that it's going? Why is our government turned upside down? Why don't we have anybody in the election to vote for? Why don't we have this, that, and another? Why is this going this way? Can I say to you, Isaiah 59, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that He cannot save, and His ear not heavy that He cannot hear. But Isaiah 59 and 2, But your sins and iniquities have separated between you and your God. Can I say to you this morning, we're in the shape we're in for the same reason those Israelites in Gideon's day was in the shape that they're in because sin has separated us from us and our God. It's not the little sins or the big sins. It's S-I-N. It's all a stench in the nostrils of God. It don't matter if it's big sin or little sin. God sees it as a stench in His nostrils. God sees it as, my friend, something that denies His holiness and hinders His presence and separates from Him being in the midst of our lives. Friend, you can take a P2-2-4s. You can nail them together. Honey, they can be as tight as you can imagine. But you take a wedge and you get a little sharp point on that wedge and you stick that wedge in there and you start hitting that wedge. First first hit, it may not go very deep. But with every hit, with every lick, that 2 before they begin to spread apart 
And before you know it, they are completely separated one from another. Friend, that's the place that we're at in our lives. That's the place we're at in our country. You say, why are we in a mess? I say, because of sin. Because we've legalized things that God said was an abomination in His sight. God said it's an abomination for man to lie with mankind. God said it's an abomination, friend, for a man to wear the clothes of a woman. And likewise, God said that's an abomination, friend. I don't understand why a nation that knows the Word of God and has known the blessings of God down through the ages of time would legalize something contrary under the Word of God. And we've come to the place where we let our children do this whatever they want to do. My Bible tells me that foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. That means, friend, that them youngins are going to mess up and they're going to get out in the world if we let them. That's why God give us a right mind inside of us to teach them the right way and to teach them the way to go. Friend, why are we in a mess? Because of sin. We're asking ourselves these questions. Why are we in a mess? Why is drugs rampant in Jackson County? Why is it that everywhere you turn you see a drug deal going down? I mean, I ain't never been around drugs much in my life, but I see things going on and I know what it is. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure it out. That when two men trade hands and there's money involved and they take off, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out that a drug deal just went down. In our church parking lots, in our school parking lots, in places that you would not think. This ain't on the dark dark alleys of our county. Honey, this is right out front and open. We're living in a society, a friend, where it's, there's no shame in it. Nobody blesses its sin anymore. What's right is now wrong. And what used to be wrong is now right. Why are we in this mess? Why are we in a mess where we come to church and our lives are so filled with this world that we can't get the world off our mind long enough to worship God? Amen. Boy, you got quiet on that. I'm preaching to me if nobody else. Hey man, we got so much of the world in our mind. We got so much of things that ain't necessarily bad in our mind, but they separate us between us and our God. That when we come to the house of God, all the only thing running through our mind is the things of this world. And we can't get a hold of God and we can't worship God. Why are we in this mess? Why us? Because of sin. Because sin has separated us between us and our God. And then no doubt we've all asked the question, we've been doing everything we could do, we've tried everything we could try to live for the glory of God, yet still yet, sickness comes. Persecution comes. Disaster comes to our lives. You say, preacher, why is that? You see, when God saved you, God didn't promise that you'd have a golden road to walk on on this side of eternity. God didn't promise that every day your life would be, friend, just as easy as, as pie. God didn't promise you, friend, that you wouldn't have troubles and heartaches. But rather yet, He said, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Many times we ask that same question about ourselves when things come. We don't understand. Why us? Why did the doctor say cancer in my family? Why did the doctor say it's terminal? Why is my youngin doing this? Why is my church members doing this? Why is my family acting this way? Why us? And I say there are circumstances in our lives 
that we cannot prevent and that we can't do anything about. There are things in our lives that sin has separated us. But then on the other hand, there are times that we're just like Job. We're doing everything we can do. We're living righteously and upright as best we know how, trying to serve God. And it seems like, bam, everything comes against us. Before you know it, we've lost everything we had. You say, preacher, how do you know that Job loved God? Well, not only did God say that he was an upright man, he eschewed evil, but Job loved God so much when he seen his children out doing something, Job would make an extra sacrifice on their behalf. Now that's loving God. Amen. There probably ain't many of us we've ever said, God, forgive our country. God, forgive my children. But you read all those great prayers in the Bible. You read when God stirred revival in the nation of Israel. It took somebody not just praying for their own sin, but for the sin of their nation. What did Nehemiah do when he got down got down to business with God? He prayed for the sin of his people. He realized not only his own faults and his own failures, but he realized the fault of his nation. And he included himself in that bunch. He didn't say they're a bunch of sinners, but he said we're a bunch of sinners. He included himself. Prayed for those people. Job prayed for his children, but still yet, God allowed Satan to take everything Job had. Took his children, took his money, took everything he had. But Job still stood before the Lord. Job still stood upright. Sores. And the Bible speaks of him taking, taking things and scraping them sores out. But still yet he said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Job still stood before the Lord. And Job still praised his God. His, his own wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Job still stood strong in the Lord. Despite the persecution, despite the circumstances, despite the destruction that Satan had brought in his life, Job still realized that he was not destitute from God, but that he was delivered by God. Friend, we've got to realize that sometimes things happen in our life, and we may say, why us? Why us? Why us? Why now? It may not be for you. It may be that somebody else can see God's glory working in you. It may be that somebody else can look on you in the trial of your life. And when they're saying, curse God and die, you say, no. God's been too good. God's been too good. Boy, I... I sat in the prayer room and I got to pray and I said, God, if you took every dime I've got, if you took my house, if you took my car, if you took everything I've got, it's still good to be saved. It's still good to know that I know that I know that if I lose everything on this side of eternity, there's something on the inside of me that's been sealed, signed, and this as good as being delivered. And honey, I'm glad the devil can't take it. I'm glad this morning that I've got something on the inside of me that is fireproof. It's worldproof. And it's Satan-proof. It's called Jesus. I'm glad this morning that when everything comes against us, we can know that we've been delivered by God. You may be here this morning and something's happened in your life this week and you're saying, why us? And I say, it may not be for you. It's for God's glory. You say, you've been bought with a price. 
And God uses us as vessels for His glory. Not We're not of our own anymore. God don't use us for us. God don't use us just to make us feel good about ourselves. I, honey, you'll never feel good about yourself because you know how sin sick you are, how sin sick you are. But God uses us for His glory. And then Gideon got down there. He'd been saying, why us? But he got down there in the next verse and God, the Bible says, and Gideon said, oh Lord, oh my Lord, if thou be with us, why then is this befallen us? And where be all the miracles which thou toldest us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? Now God told Gideon this. I believe, the Bible don't tell this, but I believe Gideon began not just to question why us, but Gideon said, Why me? I believe there was a change of attitude and a change of heart in Gideon's life at that moment and at that instant. Gideon went from questioning God saying, Why us? Why have you not helped us? Why have you not done this? Why have you not done that? That's the attitude that we have a lot of times. Why God us? We're doing all that we can do. We're praying as hard as we can pray. We're coming to church as much as we can come. We're trying to serve you as much as we can. Why us God? But all of a sudden, Gideon's mind and heart had something take place. And he begins to say, why me? It wasn't a question of, God, why hadn't you done this? God, why hadn't you done that? But it's a question of, God, you're really going to use me? Why me? There's other people out there that are far better than I am. There's other people out there I can just see Gideon. There's stronger men than I am. There's more warriors than I am. There's people that are better leaders than I am. Why me, God? As I began to think about that, I began to wonder, why would God save somebody like me? I wonder if you would ask yourself, why would Jesus save somebody like me? Why would Jesus bless somebody like me? And why would God use somebody like me? As you ask yourself that first question, can you honestly say this morning that you've been to Calvary and that you are saved? I wonder this morning, can you honestly say, I'm saved, saved, saved. Know that I know that I know. There's no doubt about it. Can you say that this morning? Maybe you're here this morning and you're still in that first question, why us? Lord, why is this happening in my life? Lord, why is this happening? Why me? Why now? Why my family? That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to hear this message in its entirety or join us in one of our services, find us on Facebook or visit us at our website at oldsavannah.org. And we would like to give you a personal invitation to come and be in one of our services on Sunday morning at 10 and 11 a.m., 6 p.m. on Sunday evening, and 7 p.m. on Wednesday night as we travel verse by verse through the book of John. We're located at 138 Sutton Branch Road in Silva, North Carolina.